Happy National Garden Month, everyone. This is Liz, and here's what we're growing in the Popping Collars feed for April 2022. It's our own Popping Collars Farmer's Market this month, as Betsy, Greg, Ricardo, and I are sharing our favorite genres of pop culture with our first ever pop swap. Hear what we assigned each other to watch and what we really think about each other's pop culture taste. We're loading up the pickup and hitting the road on a new episode of The Canon as our esteemed panel draft their favorite road trip movies. Betsy and Greg will need some extra pesticide on this month's Going on 30 when they discuss the Warren Beatty and Annette Bening classic, Bugsy. Finally, Dan Jocelyn Simatowski and Greg bring in a huge harvest 108 years in the making when they discuss the relationship between marriage and the World Series win for the 2016 Chicago Cubs. Thanks for listening and remember to give your plants lots of water, sunlight, and popping collars pods to keep their leaves green, their fruit ripe, and their collars popped. My name is Greg. And I'm Betsy. And this is Going On 30, a popping collar side project where we buy some real estate on the Las Vegas Strip. For one to six million dollars. <laughs> Just a little a parcel of the desert. Just a range. Uh, with movies that were nominated or should have been nominated for Best Picture 30 years ago this month. We're looking at Warren Beatty's Big movie of the early 90s, Bugsy. Hollywood has always been fascinated by gangsters. In 1943, a gangster became fascinated with Hollywood. Just had this suit pressed. Take your paws off it. So one guy came in here and robbed five guys of $56,000 in their own place of business and got away scot-free. The rest of the time, you're just another good-looking, sweet-talking, charm-oozing fellow with nothing to offer but some dialogue. Why don't you run outside and jerk yourself a soda? Who are you referring to? Premium fruitcake? If I were you, I would get that money back by 7 o'clock tonight. Famous isn't good, Ben. For Clark Gable, it's good. For Joe DiMaggio, it's good. Famous for you, it's not good. from me, from Maya Lansky and Charlie Luciano, and get away with it? You are going to kill Mussolini personally in the middle of a war? Ben, I don't understand this desert thing of yours. What are we, Bedouins? What are you talking about here? A whole house. I'm talking about a hotel. I'm talking about a place where gambling is allowed. Your destiny, Las Vegas. A hotel in the middle of the Mojave Desert, 500 miles away from the nearest toilet bowl. Truth is, he's not even interested in money for himself off this deal. He's interested in the idea. What idea? Building something, making something. Then he's a dreamer. Blow my head off! Do it! Do it! What fantasy have you concocted in your sick mind? I believe he was blinded by love. Benny's always put women first. That's what makes him Benny. Only this time it's one woman that's got him instead of the whole damn female race. I'm sure you're right about the things that you want to get. Do you everything. always talk this much before you do it? I only talk this much before I'm going to kill someone. 
Betsy, I have a somewhat brief description of this movie. Would okay. you like to hear it? <laughs> somewhat. Not incredibly brief. Well, I, I'm sure Mr. Siegel would appreciate your tall tale. So go ahead. Here we go. New York gangster Ben Bugsy Siegel takes a brief business trip to Los Angeles. A sharp dressing womanizer with a foul temper, Siegel doesn't hesitate to kill or maim anyone crossing him. In L.A., the life, the movies, and most of all, strong-willed Virginia Hill detain him while his family wait back home. Then a trip to a rundown gambling joint at a spot in the desert known as Las Vegas gives him his big idea. And it reads like one of the old newsreels. <laughs> it does. It does. Oh, hi, kid. Dressing womanizer with a foul timber. <laughs> very much. Very much. <laughs> extra, extra. Read all about it. Sharp dressed gangster. Kills oh. and maims. Yeah. Uh, Betsy, what's your history with the movie Bugsy? I am unsure whether I've seen this movie before watching it today. <laughs> I do not think this was a hot go out movie when I was in high school. I don't think so. Right. I remember the poster, the relationship, the real in real life IRL relationship between Annette Benning mm-hmm. and Warren Beatty. Um, I remember thinking, isn't he too old to play an almost 40 year old man? <laughs> but no <laughs> movie magic. But it just it has like that old time Hollywood kind of glamour. What about you? Uh, this was my first time watching it for the okay. podcast. I'd never watched it before. Uh, like you, this movie exists in sort of tabloid form mm-hmm. uh, in my mind because I remember Warren Beatty was dating Madonna coming out of Dick Tracy, which had come out the year before. And Warren Beatty is even featured in the Truth or Dare documentary that Madonna puts out in 1991 when this movie comes out. But by the time Bugsy is being filmed, it's like Annette Benning gets pregnant. And there was this whole sort of People magazine era that was going around this movie. But I never actually watched the movie itself. Okay, what are your hot takes about this movie? I don't know that I have any hot takes. I have many, many lukewarm takes about this movie. I think where I kept kind of living in the movie was wondering what Ben Siegel, because I know that he he prefers to be called Ben, what he would have thought of this movie, considering they really play up his interest in Hollywood, you know, he's hanging out with Joe Montagna. Mm-hmm. He's got his little sun lamp. He's checking his reflection in the mirrors while he's like in a reflection, not even actual mirror, while he's beating the tar right. out of Joey A or whatever. This kind of moth to a flame of being famous and glamour mm-hmm. and what he would have thought about his life being turned into a movie. Here's my answer to that question. I don't know if this is accurate or not, but I think that Ben Siegel would have probably loved this movie because as far as I can tell, this movie doesn't present the character of Bugsy Siegel with any flaws whatsoever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's it's just, it almost reads like a hagiography of like a gangster. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, it, yeah. it glamorizes everything disgusting about who this person was. And you get the the peaks into the violence, 
but it's like, you know, even when he had to kill his friend Greenberg, you know, well, he had to do it. Right. You know, it's like, why did he make me do it by being a rat? And he doesn't even care about the money, right? No. He just yeah. really wants, he wants to be known for something to make his mark on something, you know, and he just loves women, Greg. Like, I mean, he can't oh help it. So it's just so much like <sighs> excusing of behavior because that's just how he is, is this kind of gangster eccentric. Is that like, is that what we're supposed to kind of buy in this portrayal that Beatty is kind of laying down? My first note, and I want to say that this is maybe 15 minutes into the movie. Mm-hmm. My very first note is this movie sucks. <laughs> so so I don't know if I'm I don't know if I'm like an impartial viewer of this movie because I think I was I was pretty well set against it right away. There's a part of me that thinks maybe that's an influence of all of the conversations that we had last year mm-hmm. and sort of rehashing the gangster conversation again yes. is just like ugh, like it's it's just so it feels like such a step backwards. <laughs> <laughs> I know. But it's but, interesting that they chose and they greenlit this movie and they chose to make this after the movie season that happened. Right. And you can see this movie as this bridge movie to like LA confidential, mm-hmm. you know, like you see that kind of, yeah. Oh, well let's talk about old time Hollywood, but the fact that it's an old time Hollywood glamor movie, it's shot that way. Light falls across people's eyes. Right. You know, I mean, it's just all so, done in that genre that he would have loved to have freaking been in this movie. Yeah. I guess my question is, and and really what's going to sell you on whether or not you like this movie is, do you find Warren Beatty to be charismatic in this role? I did not. Mm. I mean, the man was born in 1937. He's acted in classic Hollywood films for decades. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, there's something about him that always feels like he's Warren Beatty to me. Yeah, I mean, he's like a Paul Newman, Robert Redford. Oh, whoa. Hold on, Greg. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Why are we bringing up two of the greatest actors of their generation in the same? <laughs> I mean, isn't that his isn't that the kind of like, doesn't that feel like his Hollywood buddies? You know, doesn't it feel like he's in that kind of class of I mean, celebrity? Maybe in terms of friends, but. I don't know. I Like, as an actor, I've never been the biggest Beatty fan, which is going to make our friend Ricardo sick because he loves Reds. And yeah. he'll talk about Reds, like, all the time. This is true. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> but, he will. but I've never, like, I, you know, even watching this movie, I was just thinking, I think I liked Warren Beatty better and Dick Tracy, which was a dumb movie. Whoa. But the fact <laughs> that when we talked about that, when we talked about this movie on the last episode, I thought we were being forced to watch Dick Tracy because <laughs> I had mixed up the movies because they all came out at around the same time. It's like, right. you know, I guess he had had Ishtar. Things have been bad. Um, okay. So here's my other issue with the movie is that, you know, you brought up Joe Montana. Can we? Just say, like, Joe Montana, what a moment for this guy. We just saw him in Godfather 3. He's got this movie. You know what? He's got that chess movie with that kid and Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah, he is. I mean, dude, this guy's the early 90s are like Joe Montana time, man. He's he's ready to go. (laughs) Well, he's like, he's like, oh, more mob movies. I'm here for it. 
I'm Joe so Montana. Joe Montana, Ben Kingsley, Harvey oh. Keitel. These are all great I mean, actors. Yes. And at no point do I understand anyone's motivation in this movie. I don't understand what any of them are doing, why they're doing it. Have no clue. And I think I, that I warmed to Ben Kingsley. I warmed up to him. And I really thought Keitel did a nice job. Keitel may be my favorite actor he's my, he's my in the favorite. movie. Yeah. Yes. But otherwise, I don't know why anybody's doing what they're doing. Like it's just it's it's just like, oh yeah, you get it. They're they're gangsters, they're cool. Like, really? Is that it? <laughs> like, because because none of this makes sense. Like well, the Godfather I'm... three made much more sense than whoa, this. Whoa, whoa, Greg, these statements <laughs> that you're just throwing around <laughs> because of one confession scene with Al Pacino and you just want to marry Godfather three. I think it's interesting in the way that the Jewishness of this movie oh, that's true. is also interesting because right. we're talking about the Jewish mob, the Italian mob, how those things kind of intersect and come together how people look out for each other, how they've always looked out for each other, intersection with the immigrant experience, and then right. the backdrop of like, he's going to go kill Mussolini. Like, what <laughs> is happening? So, because, you know, he's murdering Jews and we need to go get him. And because we take care of our own. Like that and, whole subplot. What was that? I don't know. And I love, like- I love the scene with Kingsley just being like, do not repeat what you just said to me to <laughs> anyone else. I will say... The early Vegas stuff, like mm-hmm. this sort of like old Western saloon in the middle of nowhere. I've only been to Vegas one time, and that was on a road trip from California back to North Carolina. And we didn't have a ton of money. So we were looking for the cheapest possible hotel to stay at. And we found the San Francisco Hotel, which I think is just like the next hotel up from Binion's Horseshoe downtown. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it's like right before you're about to cross over to the bad section of Vegas in downtown. Mm-hmm. And so you had to take a taxi to the strip. And I remember taking a taxi to, I want to say the Bellagio or something. And then just kind of walking from the Bellagio to like Circus Circus, because it looked like everything was close, but it's really not. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> it's like, we're just walking forever and ever. Speaking of the Flamingo Hotel, Betsy. Yes. I have a top five. No. Yeah. Top five hotels named after birds? No, but you're close. Top five hotels in movies. Oh. Top five hotels in movies. Okay. Okay. Do we have an honorable mention? We do have an honorable mention because it's not a hotel. It's a motel. It's the Bates Motel. Oh, it is. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. Um, Probably not a place you want to stay, but iconic. Iconic. Yes. Yes, got it. Okay, what about number five? Uh, We'll keep it with Hitchcock and we'll say the Empire Hotel in Vertigo, Uh, which I think was right across from Grace Cathedral. I think it was. That's where they shot that. Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. Number four. Uh, Number four, uh, just because all the celebrities make it look really pretty, the Bellagio Hotel in Ocean's Eleven. That does look good. Okay. (laughs) All right. Cool. That works. All right. Number three. Uh, number three is our good friend, the Regent Beverly Wilshire. Really good management in that hotel. In pretty it is. Long. Yes. Hector Alessandro, he'll get it done for you. Yeah, I believe that. Oh, all right. Number two. Number two is the Grand Budapest Hotel oh, from the Grand Budapest Hotel. Beautiful. beautiful. It is beautiful. It is. All right. Number one. 
And uh, number one, again, you probably don't want to stay there, but uh, just a mesmerizing hotel to look at, the Overlook Hotel in The Shining. There we go. Yes. Top. You can check out anytime you want, but you can never leave. The bar is great. (laughs) Really nice. Best scene from Bugsy. Do you have one? So it's a scene that I laughed at as well as watched. When he got shot. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it was the when he's having to discipline that guy and he asks her to stay in the house. Right? They just had that dumb fight and she's hurt because because evidently when you're in a relationship and you fight and you make each other bleed that means that it's a passionate relationship and you should definitely keep that up so he you know makes that guy like bark like a dog and do all of this stuff it's just you stole from me you stole from me and stealing is a form of rape did you think you could get away with it did you think you could steal from me from Maya Lansky Charlie Luciano and me and get away with it did you think you could get away with it or not? Did you or not? Did you or not? I Did you I or not? I won't. I won't ever do it again. Oh, again. I won't ever do it again. I won't ever do it again. How do you know that I won't kill you right here in this room? Huh? I'm begging you, Ben. Don't. Beg you. Don't do it. What do you want? You want to kill me? You want another chance? Don't do this to me, Ben. Crawl. Crawl. Come on. I can't. Now bark. Like the dog that you wish that you were decent enough to be. Bark! 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 Come on, crawl and bark! Come on, more! Let me hear that bark! And then he's sitting down and eating. Who put shrimp scampi on brown rice? That sounds A, disgusting. It looked awful. (laughs) So bad. And I wonder whether, I mean, maybe they thought, because I think like a shrimp scampi on a pasta. But maybe right. that for him to just fork full forkfuls <laughs> in his mouth. It looked she so is, dry. It looked like a is, choking hazard ready. <laughs> just waiting. She is so hot for him after hearing him treat uh, that man that way. Uh, and I think it becomes it becomes I was definitely up on Wikipedia on this movie. Yeah. And. You know, that yes, Virginia Hill had been around organized crime for a really right. long time around the Chicago organized crime scene, all of that sort of stuff. All of that was true. And that she had had many, many boyfriends mm-hmm. who were involved in that life. So she definitely has an attraction to that kind of guy. And that was a moment when I'm like, oh, righty. You didn't have that moment of sitting on the stairs being like, I should get the hell out of here. Exactly. Red flags all over the place. The opposite. It is green flag. (laughs) Go. Let's make out while you have rice in your mouth. Gross. (laughs) See, that was the part of the movie where I was like, okay, (laughs) I think the object of worship here is Warren Beatty, not Bugsy Siegel. Because it's like everything is sort of catering to like Warren Beatty's sort of reputation as a ladies man in Hollywood. Um, Okay. So my best scene is uh, Mickey Cohen meeting Ben in the spa. It's Harvey Keitel just going full Harvey Keitel in the spa, (laughs) which was maybe, I mean, it was just, you know, here's the thing about Harvey Keitel. Great actor. 
I mean, when are we going to run into him? Maybe next year with Reservoir Dogs, but yeah. definitely when we get to the piano. So it may be a while before we get to Harvey Keitel, but, he, you know, pretty much every movie I've ever seen him in, Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction, Taxi Driver, you know, Bad Lieutenant, he's pretty much always Harvey Keitel. He's pretty much always the same guy. <laughs> just like... <laughs> just kind of just drop him in a movie and let him do his thing. He's, he's well, and I love, I love, I mean, yeah, he's, he's my favorite performer in this movie as well. Like the way he choose scene, the way he goes from being the, the guy who robs him to the guy who works for him like that, I thought was, and he tells it like it is with mm-hmm. him when he comes in and says, Hey, your girl's got a $2 million bank account. FYI. Yeah. yeah. He just, he gets it done. He's like a pit bull, you know? It's like a pit bull. This is the most boring drive I have ever been on in my life, and I have to pee. If we'd flown, would have been there three hours ago. Sorry. I should have just let you two go alone. I don't even know why I came. I don't even know why I came. Why did I come? You had to. You can't run an operation in Nevada and never go to Nevada. Let me ask you, would you want to be on a road trip with Annette Benning and Harvey Keitel going from L.A. to Vegas? That's a long drive. And there's no good rest stops. Oh, there's nothing. Yeah, there's, there's nothing. nothing. <laughs> Your car could literally break down and you might die. It's one of my favorite scenes from Slingers is when they leave L.A. to go to Vegas. And then it's like, <laughs> I'm still driving. Yes. Vegas, baby. Vegas, baby. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know whether I would have been hot to get on that airplane either, but you know. What is your best performance from the movie? It's it's Kytel for me. Oh, okay. Yeah. I just, I really enjoy him. Yeah. He was fun. He was fun. Ben, ben Kingsley's way too understated. and Yeah. Kytel seems to know what movie he's making. Yeah. I'm going off the board. Uh, my best performance is Ennio Morricone for his score in this movie. What? Hold on. <laughs> what? Uh, I wasn't taken with any of the acting in this movie, really. So uh, so I, I just kind of sat back and listened to the music, which I really liked. The score I thought was great. And, you know, Morricone's a great composer. And if you can get him for your movie, hey, wonderful. Uh, Betsy, I've got some stats about this movie. Ooh, stats, stats, stats. Uh, Bugsy opened on December 13th, 1991. Oscar bait. Mm, mm, I'm hankering for some Oscar. Please stop. Make it stop. Uh, This day in Beverly Hills, 90210. Mm. Uh, We were at season two, episode 17, entitled Chucky's Back. I don't know. I don't know who the titular Chucky is. I don't know either. (laughs) The recap says Steve finally accepts his adoption Mm. and finds support in his search for his birth parents. And a new romance blossoms at the winter dance. I'm assuming that's David and Donna. Yeah, probably. Season two. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's what we had to get over David being like a, a very much a. 13 year old Alex. Oh, he's such a loser freshman. Right. Oh, I'm hoping that we get the episode where they hang out with uh, Color Me Bad in the hotel. Okay. Uh, This movie had a domestic gross of $49 million, which makes it not great. Number 25 grossing movie of 1991. It is the number 1,810th 
top grossing movie of all time between a movie called This Christmas. Do you know This Christmas? No, I do not. This Christmas is a uh, rom-com starring our good friend Regina King and Idris Elba. Oh, yeah. I want to say it's like 2016 or something like that. It is 2007. 2007. Woo. Like way earlier. So right after The Wire for Idris mm-hmm. and right before what, like The Leftovers or something for Regina. Yeah. So it's between this Christmas and the Sylvester Stallone vehicle Cobra. Cobra. Oh my gosh. Sylvester Stallone trying to start a new action franchise and failing miserably. Wow. So you get Bugsy this Christmas or Cobra flirt, Mary kill. I am easily going to marry this Christmas. (laughs) It's also got Delroy Lindo in it. Like, oh, Delroy. It's a great cast. Loretta Devine is in it. I'm going to overlook that Chris Brown is in it, Mm. but yeah, it's a great cast. Problematic. Yes. So I'm going to marry that. Oh, Makai Pfeiffer's in it too. And then, oh man, this is tough. (laughs) I think I'll flirt with Sylvester Stallone and kill Bugsy. Wow. Um, Okay. So we're real Sophie's choice. We're the same, except I'm flirting with this Christmas and I'm marrying Cobra because Cobra is awesome. Oh, I love that movie. <laughs> your 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 choices this whole episode are questionable. Bugsy is dead as a doornail. Bugsy has an 84% on Rotten Tomatoes. Generous. Generous. Betsy, would you like to guess what Roger Ebert has to say about Bugsy? Oh no. I feel like he's gonna love all the intersections of the period film and classic actors. I feel like he's gonna like it. He loves it. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Raj loves it. I don't know that you want me to read what he says here, but here we go. Bugsy moves with a lightness that belies its strength. Oh my God. It's a movie that vibrates with optimism and passion with the exuberance of the con man on his game. Roger Ebert and I watched two different movies. <laughs> yeah. I moves with lightness. This lightness? was a ponderous two and whatever hours like every time I, this movie entered the room it slammed into the walls and the door jam every time it moved around <laughs> it's stumbling about <sighs> four yeah. out of four stars for Roger. Oh, oh gosh uh janet maslin is uh in agreement with roger on this really she says warren Beatty, who is one of the film's co-producers has found the role of his career in this sly, evasive schemer with the manipulative manipulative instincts of a born ladies' man. They're just hypnotized. They are hypnotized. Under the spell of Warren Beatty. I got to think that this probably, kind of like The Godfather Part 3, probably came out with like a lot of Oscar buzz. And I feel like these are statements made by people that are caught up in that buzz because let me tell you what movie people aren't talking about 30 years later (laughs) from 1991 yeah well and also like warren Beatty, look at his imdb the man does not do a ton of work and i think that can communicate that oh well when they do it 
you better watch. Did we all not learn some anything from Dick Tracy the year before? Maybe. Not. And can we all agree that the most famous thing Warren Beatty ever did was give the Oscar to the wrong producer? Mm-hmm. <laughs> the award ceremony. It's just. How did Bugsy do at the Oscars? It won two Oscars. It Costumes. was nominated in addition to okay, in addition to Best Picture, it was nominated for one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine Oscars. But it won two. What two Oscars do you think it won? Costumes? Yes. It won best costume yes. design. Okay, that was a guess. Mm-hmm. Um set design? Yes. You yes. got them both. You nailed them both. Two for period two. film. That decoration period and film. best costume design. Period film about Hollywood. So Hollywood gives it awards. That's right. We are so great. We are and so And our cool. history is so great. It is not problematic in the least. Nope. <laughs> nope. It's all good, Greg. Everything's um, Nominations also included best actor, Warren Beatty. Best Supporting Actor, Harvey Keitel. There we go. And Best Supporting Actor, Ben Kingsley. Oh. Now, Mm. I did not know that Keitel was nominated for an Oscar for this. Like, for me, in my knowledge of Keitel, he comes out of nowhere in Reservoir Dogs, but that is not true. No, 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 no. Mm. I I mean, he had had, like, a pretty... Intense gangster career up until those words. Well, but yeah, but yeah. they were not crossing this little girl from Alabama's path. Right. And right. I would say Reservoir Dogs is what puts him in the middle of the screen. Like yeah. Quentin Tarantino can't make that movie unless Harvey Keitel is in the movie. You we know, center like, it. We center yeah, it. at the center of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Best director, Barry Levinson. Best original screenplay. Best cinematography. Mm-hmm. And then people are getting shot. And then the last one is for Greg. Best score. Yeah. Any more Tony, man. You can hold on to for this film. He's great. It breaks my heart that the tragic mess with the Flamingo Hotel is being perpetrated by one of my oldest and dearest friends in the world, Benny Siegel. Here's where we stand right now. The Flamingo is going to open on Christmas Day. Total cost of the hotel is now $6 million, which is $5 million more than the figure I gave the original okay to. To get the last few million, he needed to finish construction. Benny had to sell 400% of the hotel. Now, a lot of people who think they have major shares in this joint are famous individuals like movie stars and wealthy businessmen with political connections who ain't just going to roll over and get stiff when their time comes to collect. Now, all of this is nothing compared to the most serious matter at hand which is the question of stealing. What is the legacy of Bugsy? Not much, but here's what I wrote Mm -hmm. as a possible legacy to look at and just sort of thinking about Vegas. I wrote down con artists and exploitation because at the end of this movie, what you have to sort of admit to yourself is that a con artist gangster who wanted to be famous created a hotel in the middle of nowhere and somehow got people to go to it. Yes. The management after him does better than he did. I mean, there's a lot of this movie that feels like a love letter to LA and feels like a love letter to Vegas opulence. Like not, not the, not the grimy dirty side of these things, but like the opulent side that is built on the back of 
exploiting people, taking their land, taking their water in the case of LA, you know, stuff like that. And then just sort of glossing over the damage that they do. I think it's, it gives this voice around World War II time to that transition from the wild West of the West Mm -hmm. to this now trying to become more legit in ways, but it's, it's like, it's all opportunity. It's all opportunity. It's film industry is an opportunity. You know, we, you hear that we could have a whole state. We right. could have a whole state in Nevada. It's gambling's legal there. And like all these things are, you know, we could, we could have a real, I mean, it is a vision that he has. Mm-hmm. And I think the idea of industries that are created having control, if we're talking about, you know, an industry is a, is a, is free speech and a vote, right. And money yeah. and all of that. So I think that sort of visionary piece of this gets a little bit lost in the, some of the poor acting, but I think it's definitely there. I just think it's interesting coming to this movie a month after talking about boys in the hood when we were talking in that conversation all about sort of the systemic problems that lead to places like Crenshaw, Compton, like what it is that Larry Fishburne's putting his finger on. This feels like the building of those symptoms, those systems. Oh, this is how oppression happens. Isn't it great? You know, it's like, okay, I guess. Is that where we're going here? And you you con people out of land, you con people out of water, you con people into coming to a desert so that they can give away all their money, so that they can become addicts, so that they can become, you know, so that they can live beyond their means. Like you, it's just, it's all a mirage, you know, and not the hotel, (laughs) but like, it's like, it's all built on exploiting people's vices. And I think that that's just, uh, it's just sad. Like there's so much of this movie that I'm watching. Like this isn't noble and the movie's treating it like it's noble mm-hmm. and it's not, it's sad and it's, it's exploitative. Well, and it's about distraction and image, right? The, yeah. That's what the Hollywood system is about. And that's what his jealousy in this film is just, just everywhere. That's what this movie really puts its finger on is like, nobody really wants to work. Work is hard. Work is kind of for suckers. Everybody wants to be rich and everybody wants to put in as minimal effort as possible in order to make that happen. Mr. Siegel? Lawrence Tippett, you have no idea what an honor and a thrill it is to meet you. You know, I took my wife Esther and my two little daughters to hear you sing Rigoletto at the Met last year. I tell you, it was one of the great evenings of our lives. Well, you overwhelm me, Mr. Siegel. Mind if I look around, Larry? Of course, be my guest. You don't mind if I call you Larry, do you? Not a bit. All my friends call me Larry. Uh-huh. What brings you to Los Angeles, uh, the Ben? Curiosity. <laughs> this is a wonderful house. Thank this you. is a wonderful house. What do you think of the Beverly Hills Hotel? It's the best hotel in town. Is yeah. that where you're staying? What do you prefer, the bungalows or the suites? The bungalows. Which one do you have? I don't. You do. Bungalow five. I don't understand. I'm buying this house from you. (laughs) This house isn't for sale. Ah, sure it is. Everything's for sale. How much do you want? It's not really a financial issue, Mr. Siegel. Ben. 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 All right. One, two, 
three, four. That's fifty thousand dollars. Is that enough? It's more than. No, 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 no. I want to be very careful. I want to know that this is a pleasurable day for the both of us. How about that? Another ten. That's sixty thousand. It just makes me sick inside when I don't bring pleasure to someone that I admire. I feel like this bill of goods has been sold to the American people. Like, try to get rich quick. Look for easy solutions. And every single time, like, those feel like grifts, you know? Mm -hmm. To the point that we elected a con artist president, you know? It was like, because it seemed like a quick and easy solution. And it's like, I just don't know how we keep falling into the same traps over and over again. Well, and it's in the way, though, on that idea, then... Ben Siegel is is again celebrated in this film when he's in the chef hat and the apron and he's running all around his house willing to do all the work, right? Keep the family happy, keep the bosses happy. He's lighting the candles, you know, he's just and it's like this very strange kind of upstairs, downstairs, like almost farce scene. Yeah, he, that is a very strange scene. He's willing to do the work, though. I mean, is he at the end of the day always that's do well, that's what the movie somebody wants in the face to get what he wants. Yeah, sure. Mm. I don't sure. know. This movie makes me feel gross. And like <laughs> the takeaways from this movie feel really gross. Like the the final shot of this movie doesn't feel uplifting to me. You know, it's like cut to the Vegas strip, and here's yeah. the legacy of this guy. And it's like, yeah, I mean, is that what you want your legacy to be? Who is this movie for, Betsy? I think it had a pretty limited audience. I think it's people who like old Hollywood glamour. Mm-hmm. Uh, people that have, you know, so maybe we're talking some boomers here, right? Who like to kind of touch the glossy parts of history, as a, but not really dig too deep into yeah. what we're actually talking about. I wrote down an answer. I kind of want to change it. What I wrote down is uh, I think it's for people who think that con artists are great men, but I think this movie was made for Warren Beatty. <laughs> I think this movie is for yeah. one person. Yeah. And it's kind of like, well, I hope other people go see it. But, you know, hey, it worked out great for me. Um, what is your rating for this movie out of five? I am going to give this movie a 1.5. Wow. I mean, maybe. Hold on. Okay. I think I'm actually going to give it a two. I'm going to go with a two. Oh, okay. Which I, th- but I think that that is still, that is at the low end of my spectrum. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I give this movie a zero out of five. Whoa. Yeah. Wow. Uh, and here is my review to counter what you heard from Roger Ebert earlier. Got it. It says this interminably long movie is only good when the credits roll over the Las Vegas strip at the end because it means it's finally over. Oh, man. Zero out of five stars. (laughs) No, this movie put me in a bad mood. Like, I just got so angry watching this. And by by the end of it, I was just like, I'd rather be doing anything than watching this movie. (laughs) Like, anything (laughs) than watching this movie. And I don't, I just don't know. I just so... I don't know if it was just because of our, like, gangster run that we've been on or... If it was just like the fact that Warren Beatty, like Bugsy Siegel never gets like a comeuppance in this, even when he gets shot, it's just like this random act of violence that you never see like who does it or why or anything. You know, it's just like, God. why did the Academy nominate this movie? Betsy? 
Warren Beatty. Yep. I would say, yeah, similar to The Godfather Part 3, it was nominated before it came out. But again, I was angry when I wrote my review. So I said the Academy nominated this because it reflects themselves. A bunch of scammers masquerading as preservers of high art. <laughs> yep, that sounds... It's just, it's just, is it in front of the camera? It's behind the camera. It's everywhere. This is, this film is maybe much more meta than, yeah. than we were giving it credit for, at least that I thought it was. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh, let's end this episode. Okay. Um, that's Bugsy. Uh, don't watch it. Yeah. Do yourself a favor. Like, listen to our podcast. It was great. We talked through all the, the key pieces of it. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, go watch Boys in the Hood again. Yep. <laughs> That's what I would tell you to do. Uh, some housekeeping. Do you want to make your vo- voice heard? Do you just totally disagree with our Bugsy take? Email us at poppingcollegepodcast at gmail.com with your thoughts, and we'll read them on the show whenever we hear from you. Next up, Betsy, we're oh, finally man. out of the bees. We are, but I know what's coming, and I feel like I'm just going to need to fortify my house with supplies. So I can get through the runtime of this movie. Next up, we are watching JFK. If we start, if we start watching it now, we may be finished (laughs) in time to record the next episode. Oh man. (laughs) Oliver Stone. Have we watched Oliver Stone? We did. We watched Born on the Fourth. Oh, that's right. We did. Yeah. I am ready to be preached at. Let's go. I'm actually, I, I don't know. I'm kind of looking forward to settling in for an eight-hour movie. Maybe. Letting the Kevin Costner of it all just wash over me again. Back and to the left. Back <laughs> and to the left. Betsy, thank you for practicing my enunciation tape with me. I think I'm getting dwarves. a lot better. 20 dwarves. <laughs> 20, dwarves. <laughs> 20 dwarves. Doing handstands Took turns on the carpet floor. Handstands. You're welcome, Greg. Anytime you want to work on your diction. I think you would make a great companion on a road trip to Vegas. I'd take you over Harvey Cotel any day. Oh, man. No, let's just kick that Benning out. I'll go. <laughs> Keep Harvey. Keep Harvey. Awesome. We'll see you next time. Bye.